Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Via Williams. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Wendy Papazan. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. So I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, um, you are already pretty passionate about what we're going to talk about today. And I'm assuming living it out because right now you're you're listening. And my assumption, is, all, our assumption is that you want to grow. Um, and one of the biggest areas of growth for all of us and something that is so common amongst the four of us is that we are all learning-based. Um, so today we're going to talk about the power of being learning-based. We're going to talk about some commonalities in terms of leaders. Like, for example, John F. Kennedy uh, has an amazing, amazing quote, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. So if you look at a leader, many times, if you look at their calendar, you will see that they are learning-based humans, always learning, always reading. What's the quote? Uh, Leaders are readers, right? And that's about being learning based. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that today. So Sarah, you know what I just literally saw this morning? Such good timing on that. Simon Sinek was giving the old uh, story that a lot of us have heard where two wood choppers go to the woods and they chop woods and they start at the same time and they end at the same time. But one of the guys disappears for an hour in the middle of the day every day. And he always chops more wood than the other guy. So one day the other guy says to the wood chopper who disappears for an hour, dude, how do you do this? Like, how do you chop more wood? And he's like, oh, well, in the middle of the day, I go and sharpen my saw for an hour. And then I come back and, you know, I can get more done. It's easier and it's better that way. And that is what learning-based is. It's just sharpening your saw. I love that. That's so smart. So so true, Via. Uh, But we're not going to let you get away with not sharing um, the story that you shared with us uh, just a few minutes ago about <laughs> your your your, your, lear- your learning basis <laughs> and and your crazy. I love you so much. <laughs> and your craziness for uh, for learning. You know, it's we're sometimes lucky. I'm lucky people can't see us. You know, for the five YouTube Hi, watchers Diane. that we have, like mm-hmm. it that. You should see the looks on my Plus, face. You Hi. have really cute headphones on um, today. So they are adorable. They need little cat today. ears on them, I think, is what I want to put on them. These are called AirPod Max, and they are very fancy and they go over your ear. And I just have to stay away from those AirPods, ladies. They're not doing good things for my ears. Well, you so, look adorable. There you go. Um, Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you, Sarah, for outing me on my... So I... Okay. So being learning-based, I you know, am growing in my leadership journey and I'm taking on more roles and responsibilities and I'm rising up in the world. So I realized that one of my weaknesses is uh, financial, financial literacy, so to speak. I don't know another way to put it. So I signed up, you know, at nights and weekends for an online Harvard Business School Ooh, financial class. I thought I was pretty Ooh, badass. So I got into Harvard. I'm like, I'm, I saved the email. Like, Are I you got saying that to Harvard. everyone? <laughs> Are you just like, so in my Harvard class? Um, um, oh, so oh, we need Lynn a title this for this thing. episode. We'll call it Via Got Into Harvard. I know. That's what it is. Oh, got Into Harvard. That's, that's 100% <laughs> what it needs to be. Brad Inman has this little saying. He's like, everyone who went to Harvard, you know about it yes. in the first 30 seconds <laughs> of, of your course. conversation with Do them. you have your sweatshirt so yet? Now, Did you it's buy like, your by sweatshirt? The way, <gasps> uh, no, oh I am God, buying I'm you a totally sweatshirt. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting a sweatshirt. I 100% I'm getting a Harvard sweatshirt because I go to Harvard. I'm going to Harvard right now. And, and it's debatable whether I'm going to... Okay. But really quick, are, are we, hold on a second. too excited because are we gonna, I'm on week three. Just, are we talking about just going on. to Harvard or passing? 
Oh, well, okay. Just Sarah. Snap. 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 Oh, oh, you sorry. spoiled it. You just gave away Rude. the punchline, Sarah. <laughs> sorry. So I am on week three of this financial accounting class. And I just, for the record, I want to state that I felt like I was a smart person until this morning (laughs) because I'm like, you know, I signed up for this class and like, and I take my first week and I I just want to preface it by saying I tried really hard. So it's like time, you have things due, like it's online in your own, it's asynchronous, but it's Mm -hmm. due. So I'm taking my first quiz. And I get a 55%. 55% quiz on the second week. What was the topic? It's, it was like on basic balance sheets. <laughs> like, oh, you know, you should listen to that really good episode we did 65%. on. 65%. We just dropped it. Yeah. It just, no, yeah. no. It just This aired. is way in the weeds. I'm telling you, ladies, I thought I understood a P&L until this class. This is way in the weeds. Way in the weeds. I've been reading P&Ls for a decade. And I thought <laughs> hey, I knew. Yeah, what does P&L not, stand no. for? No. Pathetic Profit and loss, Wendy. Mm. Oh. Okay. What? But okay. Anyway, so we get in this morning, and I I announce humi- like humbly <laughs> that I got fifty five and sixty five, and then I'm like, and you know, our friend Sarita went to MIT and got an MBA, and Wendy goes, well, Via, Sarita's really smart. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's insult each other the whole episode. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, wait, you just said that out loud. <laughs> well, she is really smart. She is really smart. I'm just saying, you shouldn't compare yourself. And then what did I say afterwards? You're really smart too. You're just not as book smart as Sarita. (laughs) I have a good personality. (laughs) (laughs) She's so pretty. No, that's the dateability comment, not the Harvard comment. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. It's not I have a good personality. It's you're so pretty. (laughs) No, it's how you define smart. Oh my God. Exactly. Anyway, here's the point though. I'm I'm going to slog through this. I am so determined whether they pass me or not. I will finish and I'm learning so much. I really am. And and it's really hard. My brain really doesn't think that way. It, it just is very, I, I had no idea how much subjectivity there is in accounting. I had no idea that if you spend money, it's not an expense unless you put it in the expense account. I just didn't understand that. Like I didn't, all the things I've known over the last 10 years, I'm like, oh my God, that's why they say that. That's why the controller says that. Like, it's so cool to do it. I really do recommend it, you know, even though I may fail. I well, may it fail, sounds like you have okay. a lot of what we would call unconscious incompetence around this particular subject, Ooh, which is segue. which is really what we're talking about next. If you're thinking about, about learning base, there are four categories, right, of competence. And the first one is Absolutely. unconscious incompetence, which is you don't know what you don't know. That's what I hear you saying, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking the test. There are things in there you thought you knew about a P&L. You don't even know. And so that's really where we all start as babies. You know, it's like Seychelles was saying earlier, it's like when you're handed a newborn, right? You don't know what you don't know about being a parent, right? Yeah. And then you have to take the baby home and you move to conscious incompetence, which is you now realize that there are many things you do not know. So I actually think that's where I am. Okay. Like I knew what I didn't yeah. know. So yeah. Which is why you signed up for a moment, right? There you go. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So Via blew right past the unconscious incompetence, knew a lot. Like she had already figured out what she didn't know. So she moved to conscious incompetence, which is, I think, where many parents are when they bring their kid home and they, you know, you spend your whole pregnancy in unconscious incompetence, like thinking you know everything about your kid and you know all the awesome things, but really you have no idea what you don't know. 
And then you take the kid home. Do you guys love friends? And then, yes. Okay, conscious incompetence makes me think of the episode where um, Joey buys the encyclopedia because like all his other friends are really smart. And so he studies the words, you know? And then like they zoom in on... Wendy's going to send me a, a set yeah. of like, <laughs> with a sweatshirt. They're going to be on her bookshelf behind her with a sweatshirt. The sweatshirt. <laughs> they yeah, they so zoom in on his face me. and when someone says a word or something that he doesn't know and you're just like, you realize you feel like the small person of like, wait, I don't know that. Like just his image for me, that's like conscious incompetence. I don't know. Like all of a sudden, I don't know that. I need to learn it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's really fair. So conscious incompetence, you now know what you don't know, is number two, right? Bring the baby home. Joey gets encyclopedias, all of the things. Via goes to Harvard, all the things. And com- in conscious, all the things. Via's, Via's at Harvard. That sounds like a good show. <laughs> yeah, and then con- yeah. Via, Via goes to Harvard. I know. It does. Conscious competence goes to Harvard. <laughs> that is a. That's it. You know what show <laughs> is what that is. Uh, <laughs> I almost said it. it. I'm good. I edited it on the podcast. How have we not sworn accidentally on this for a year and a half? How has that not happened? Okay, number three is conscious competence, right? So conscious competence is you know what you know, right? It's you know what you know. And and this is where you have to be when you're teaching and and training someone, right? When when you know what it is that you know do well. And the example I have for this one is that um, I train a lot of agents to get into luxury real estate, you know, real estate agents. And what I have found is that luxury agents are so talented and so good. They're an unconscious incompetence. They just don't, they just show up and do their yep. thing, like Sue Adler or whatever. She doesn't even know what she does. So we have to go back into like, hey, I have to be aware of like why I say what I say and what my scripts are and why my pacing is this way. You know, what am I doing? And and this is this is where you're focused on understanding how it is you know. So this is usually when you're on your way up, right. when you're learning a new skill yeah. and you're still thinking it through and it's not rote yet. But you can go back down on it too. Yeah, the the fourth is really wisdom. Like it's it's so ingrained in us. So unconscious competence is it's so ingrained in us that sometimes we don't even know how um, how we've mastered it because it's it comes across as such a strength and so natural um, that other people pointed out. Uh, I know that I've had that happen um, similar to what Via was explaining with with training. Right? It's like. After showing houses for 20 years, we don't even realize we have a method to showing houses mm-hmm. and there's some wisdom yeah. around showing houses. And it's come so natural to us, right, that um, we have to then go back and document sort of like what v- what Via is saying. So those yeah. are the four sort of phases, right, of learning, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Four mm-hmm. phases mm-hmm. of yes. mastery. They're the yes. four yes. phases yep. of mastery. Yep. Um, and so what we, what I like to study um, commonalities amongst leaders, amongst those that are successful. Uh, one of my favorite books is The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Um, and why that's my favorite is that they studied all of the successful real estate teams and they put it in, in a book, right? So today I wanted, to, we wanted to talk about six things um, that learning-based leaders have in common. So what are the commonalities amongst those that are learning-based? I love that. If you think about number one of that, right, it's that learning-based leaders spend time and money actively on learning. They're, it's an investment. They're investing in, in their future and they're investing in their growth. And so 
you know, one of the best ways to do that is to be purposeful about your learning and planning where your budget's going to go for that. And so actually making a plan and putting a calendar to that and a budget behind it so you can plan where your growing is going to be. And, you know, I think about as this world is opening back up and we're able to do more things in person, this is a perfect opportunity to revisit creating your growth plan for the next six or 12 months to plan on where you're going to spend that money. Um, Because chances are you probably have saved some um, and not spending that in person over the last several months. And so that's, you know, something I'm really excited about. You know, we have our own group, right, of 11 of us and, and, you know, a couple hundred other people joining us with Amplify uh, coming up in September. And that alone is, you know, focused on, right, building a big business, building a bigger life, finding a group of women that, you know, support each other and, and grow and push each other to live their best life. But I think, you know, however you do it, whether you have a group, right, that helps support you with that or you're doing it on your own, committing some planning time around that. For us personally, we look at, who do we want to learn from? What do we want to read or listen to? And what are we going to do about it this next year to learn from those things? And then we usually pick one to two themes that we're really focusing in on to help support that. I love that say. Uh, my dad has always said, I, I can tell a person by looking at two things, their calendar and their bank account. I don't even have to know them, mm. but I can tell you who they are. And so learning-based leaders, if you look at their calendar, if you look at their bank account, they're spending their best resources of their time and of uh, their money on learning and growing. And they never feel like they've arrived. So you look at their calendar and bank account Mm. and you can see that they're learning-based. Well, I love that. And I have a story that happened this week that's going to transition us right into number two. Um, So number one is, you know, they spend time and money on it. Number two is... They focus on really one or two topics at a time. And my story is there's a wonderful woman in my organization that um, comes to me uh, for mentorship, really. And I, I just love it so much. Like, I can't stress enough how much I love it. I just adore her. And, and I'm really honored that she comes to me from time to time. So she came to me and we had a call a couple of days ago. And she was like, you know, I really want to be this, you know, I want is a really big position. And I get that that is not, you know, going to happen right away, but I want to work my way up to it. And I'm trying to work on a growth plan. And and I'm just trying to understand how Mm. I do that, you know? And so, you know, we talked about it and I'm like, well, and we went through the four stages and I'm like, you're kind of at the, I don't even know what I don't know stage, right? So I think you need to chunk this down. And what you need to do is you need to figure out what the first domino is. And the first domino is to get out of, I don't know what I don't know and get into, I know what I don't know. And then, and only then can you decide what, cause she was asking me what conferences to go to, mm-hmm. you know, what to, what, what to do. So I was like, you just need to line this up in dominoes from the one thing. And I'm like, if you're in unconscious, in, in comp- you just don't know what you don't know yet. Right. Whatever that one is. I'm like, the first thing you need to do is you need to go make it a goal to talk to four or five people in this position. And she was like, oh, that's, that sounds intimidating. I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, that's why you're calling me. I can introduce you to two right now. And that's your one thing. Until you can talk to four or five people and, and we can come up with the questions together, right? And that needs to get you into where you know what you don't know. Then you can start going, okay, 
these are the skill sets I need. That's how I know, by the way, I had to go to Harvard. That's how I knew that I had to add financial accounting. It was just my weakest point, right? I'm pretty good with my skill set and pretty well-rounded for what I want to do, but I was weak there. So, So focusing on one or two topics at a time and remembering that mastery and success is not simultaneous. It is sequential. We say that all the time, Mm -hmm. right? But just one or two at a time. There might be 20 things you need. So that's fine. They can all go on the list, right? But but now let's put them in the right dominoes and knock off those dominoes in the appropriate order. I, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such a great example. And that leads us right into number three, which is it's really important who you surround yourself with. And so you need to be strategic about who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, This is one of the things that all learning-based leaders have in common. And this is a perfect example of of the story that Via just said. And that really starts with strong mentors, right? And then once you understand what you know or what what you need to know in order to get to the next step... Surround yourself with people who have competence in that area and they can share with you uh, some of their tips and tricks. Yeah, one of the, this year, how I've sort of done done that uh, personally is that, and I think I shared on a few episodes ago um, that we're really learning how to scale culture, right? And that's something that I've been reading a lot about, studying. And one of the first questions I asked was, okay, what type of leader do I have access to that I know how? new or has done scaled culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to Mo Mo Anderson, uh, a role model for many of us, and said, can you help me, right? And so taking the topic that that you're focusing on, right, like Via said, and then who has already mastered it, that if you can get in that circle or get to know them, study them, read about them, man, you will learn so, so much. And you will grow, I mean, exponentially when you combine the focus and strategizing on who, on who you're looking at. So I actually think this is a superpower of yours, Sarah, and something mm-hmm. that I really admire is you're very good at figuring out who the best is at something and then reaching out and asking for help and getting like word-to-word advice from someone. I mean, I really, it's, it's you're really good at it. It's remarkable. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And another way to look at that too, like you you went to the great, you know, what what I've been doing is I've been shadowing our controller once a yes. month during our monthly That's book closeout, yeah. we call it Transmittal. I, uh, I, I either travel up to Bellingham 90 minutes or we, we go on Zoom and, and she walks me through. And, um, you know, wh- whatever that looks like, uh, you know, for you, it's just, just trying to understand her mindset. I'm like, I'll ask her questions like, what are you looking at? What are you focused on right now when you're skimming this? What are you looking at? What's jumping out at you? And I make her go, actually, I make her go back into conscious competence a lot because she's just looking through the financials, mm-hmm. right? And so with someone like me sitting next to her, she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I haven't ever had to tell anyone this. Well, what I'm looking for are variances and this, and does anything jump out? And then I pull last month, see how I have last month's here? That was right there. Massive change for me. Oh, you have the month on month. Oh, okay. You know, so I take anyway, back what I, I said. You are smart. That. You're still getting a sweatshirt. Well, thanks. You have a long way to recover, yes, but you're still thank getting you. a sweatshirt. I still Would you be a, a medium or a large? Okay. I would be, okay. ooh, I want you to get me medium okay. because I'm on my diet again. Okay. That's good. Inside. Okay. So the, so the next thing, I mean, after you have surrounded yourself with those that ha- that you want to learn from, right, that are focused on on that, what a big, big thing is making sure that you then amplify them, right? And share what you've learned with others. So, you know, my 
I say it, this quote probably two or three times a week, right? If I can see further, it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, right? And it's like, I think a big part of what we're sort of responsible for in this world is taking what we've learned and then turning it around and teaching someone else, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in making sure you share, hey, I learned this from Wendy. I learned that from V. I learned that from Seychelles. Um, and really letting um, others know the knowledge that they can learn. And if each person sort of does that, man, the growth that you have and the growth that you give back to the world can be huge, huge, huge. So that's number four. Yeah, they well, share what they've yeah, learned and the, with others. And the, and the best way to learn is to teach, right? So it's, it's actually can Always. be a very selfish, selfish motivation. Um, it's great to give back mm-hmm. to others, but it's also... Um, the best way to learn is to go out and share it with others because what that forces you to do is it forces you to think about it, prepare, process the information um, in order to convey it to others. One thing I kind of use when I'm evaluating or interviewing people for leadership positions is really uh, kind of vetting out, are they the smartest person in the room? Are they always looking to learn from others? And so I always, when I'm interviewing, I'm asking questions really trying to get to the heart of the matter of, you know, do they attribute credit to other people? Do they look to learn from others? Do they actively take to, you know, look to take what they've learned and teach it to others? Because that helps the entire organization grow instead of just one person. So that's always a key metric I'm looking so for in, that's good, in leadership interviewing too. I love I love that. And I actually had a, a five interviews this morning with my new like uh, virtual assistant. And of the nice. five... You know, one of the questions I ask is, what do you do for fun? And um, of the five, three of them said reading. And Mm. uh, when somebody answers, I mean, usually they say reading and then other things too. But, you know, immediately I want to ask them, what book are you reading? And that just tells you a lot Mm -hmm. about someone and their mindset that they're always reading a book, Mm -hmm. you know? so I've never put that question with learning based. That's wisdom right there. That's a great question. Yeah. And then tying it to... Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. That's a good That's one. Awesome. What's number five? Yeah. Number five is executing on what you've learned, right? We can we can gain all this knowledge, but if you mm-hmm. keep it all for yourself and you don't execute on it, it's kind of selfish, honestly. We want you to execute and push that out into the world to bring others along with you. And so, you know, I know one thing that Sarah does, and I think many of us do, is, you know... After you're reading something or watching something or listening to something or attending something, um, you know, it's taking and chunking that down into the one, two, or three things to focus on out of what you've just learned and put deadlines to that and get it on paper and get it on your calendar. Um, and I know one thing Wendy does that I, I love too, is she puts it on her 411 up at the top of her 411 for accountability around if she's learned something from an event, she sticks it up at the top of her 411 so that she can reflect and, and visit that and make sure that it gets implemented into her into her organization too. Well, and an easy visual way to do that because I know you guys all know you you've you've been to an event. And you get so inspired and everyone's talking about this thing that they've done and it's so successful and it sounds so easy to implement. And you come back, uh, you're the leader of your organization and you're dumping like 50 things on your admin Mm -hmm. team. And first of all, they hate that when you do that. So don't do that. Yeah. But then secondly, what happens is, is you don't allocate enough resources in order to actually make it happen. And then uh, you end up doing nothing, right? So that's yeah. why just picking, yeah. you know, just a few things 
in order to execute is super, super important. And a really easy visual way to do this is you can put a sticky note somewhere where you're going to see it. Come back from Mega Camp, or we're not going to be coming back from Mega Camp. We're going to be doing it virtually. Put that sticky note on your computer. Or, you know, we used to do it where we would come back from an event as a team and mm-hmm. we'd all put our sticky notes on the door of our office. And then it just, as soon as we're done executing that one particular thing, that little sticky note goes in the garbage. And it's a, that's a tiny little habit, right? But it's a one that's very effective and it's, it's just going to be there in your face until you execute. Because there are, there are thousands and thousands of people out there who know what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do and they never do it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Just like weight mm-hmm. loss. You mm-hmm. know what to do. Well, a, next, a, I mean, a I big thing is that we get overwhelmed, exactly what to do. right? I mean, a lot of times you go to a conference or yeah. you sit in a seminar or you talk to someone like, and you're feeling like, okay, there's like 20, 25 things that you could do. And yeah. you end up, and you think, because most of us, I'm actually not, but mo- most leaders are, have a lot of optimism. So they think they can get a lot done in a very short mm-hmm. period of time, right? And so w- what they do is they have a list of 20, 25 things and I'm very good at executing on things. And the most I can do is five between like conferences. So I use conferences as my deadline. So I won't go to another conference unless the things that I learned from the previous one have actually been implemented. And that's how I've had a lot of growth is like using those as the deadline to where you're not having this snowball effect of all these things that you haven't executed. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you have sort of fog brain of what you should be prioritizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So always having in your time block Always having in your calendar two to three hours of white space after a conference or after reading a book to where you're looking at your list and then prioritizing the things that you're going to execute on. And my recommendation is do not. Those were my yes, flights. The flight. Yes, yes. So I know. Smart. I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. On our you know, flights. And- I miss them. The other part, A, I love that because it's highly accountable, Sarah, and it gives you deadlines to it, which I think is freaking awesome. You know, the one part that Wendy kind of glossed on that I want to make sure we hit too is if you do have administrative or operations team, bringing them along as to why you want those things Mm -hmm. or what that does for them or how that impacts the business and tying it back to results or growth or systems or help or support or leverage or whatever that is. Because I've seen so many people come back from conferences and either A, feel like they need to fire their entire team or B, (laughs) come back and just like barf to-dos and action items all over their team. And the team doesn't even know why they're important because they weren't sitting in their sessions. And then they get really resentful of their leader going to the next conference because they have PTSD that that's going to happen again. So just like really be mindful of that. Yeah, this person who called me for mentorship, that mm-hmm. was one of her questions. She's like, I'm really confused when I bring my team with me. I'm looking at all these, you know, different conferences yeah. that would be good for my growth plan. And I'm trying to understand when I bring my team to them and when I don't. And and I said, you don't bring your team when you're, when you're constructing your vision. Don't bring your team then. You go figure it out what you want. And then when you decide what the next steps are after you chunk it down, then you bring your team when it's relevant to execution, right? And so I do think there is a time to bring people along. You know, if, you, if your organization's bigger and you're listening to this, you know, bringing your ELT yeah. is fine because you're like, hey, this is what I'm thinking as a direction. But I do think that's actually its mm-hmm. own discussion. Like, when do you... At what point do you bring people yeah. in? This week, I was uh, shadowing one of my friends. He leads an amazing team up in up in Rhode Island. And part of what we do in our mastermind is we go to each other's office. 
And we do like an office tour, but I like to spend time and really talk to the people and get to know them and their role, get to know, um, you know, what they love about their leader. Cause I learn a lot, uh, from that, right. Of how I can be a better leader. And so I was walking through and there was, um, the room with the, all the high C's, the detail oriented people. You could tell the minute I walked in, they were really nervous. So I just shut the door because there's about 20 of us there. So I shut the door and I was like, introduce myself. And I said, are, are you, the girl started talking and her, her lips were quivering. And I said, I, I said, you're okay. I, I, are you nervous? And she said, yes. And she goes, I, I hate these. And I was like, hmm. I was like, why do you hate these? And she goes, because you guys give us a lot of things to do. And every time that uh, this leader goes to one of these conferences, he comes back with all of this stuff to do. And it's really, really overwhelming because we want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is so true. <laughs> like they want to do a good job. And when we unload all the things and they don't know the why, they don't understand it, right? We're not connecting connecting the dots. And so what I've done that has helped me is like making sure I have clarity myself. Instead of like, I used to during conferences be sending them things to do, like as I as I heard it, right? And I realized how overwhelming that was. And so I was like, okay, now... I have my own clarity around the priorities and then I follow up with them. This is the this is what we're focused on. This is why. And then that way they have some buy-in to it. Um, but Wendy, that was so brilliant even bringing that up because I had forgotten about it. So I love that. Yeah, well, and a lot of times what we're already doing, we're not even really nailing it. You know, we're yeah. doing true. it at yeah. 70%. Oh, so true. And we maybe true. don't know that. And we like the shiny. We like the new. We like the something that's fun and different. And uh, everybody else is doing it now. We're jumping on the bandwagon. And our admin team knows like, hey, we're not even nailing it. We're you not know? there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, that that's a good segue, you know, to to number six, right? We have never arrived, right? So, so when you're learning based, you are just you have a mindset of always, always growing, and, and you've never hit, you know, the finish line on it, right? You understand that this is a, you know, we're evolving as humans, where our personal growth is evolving, and there, there's never a, a top stair on that stairwell. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, we 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 know what Via's learning right now. She's studying at Harvard and uh, she's I'm taking Harvard, size medium sweatshirts delivered to her office. And, but I'm curious, Seychelle and Sarah, what are you, what are you learning right now? What's on the top of your list? On the business side for me, I'm actually learning to be um, an OP or an operating principal in the uh, Keller Williams world. So over the last six months, I've been putting in sweat equity of um, working with a market center and our regional director on a weekly basis and learning the operational components and operating principal part of that. And on the parental side, um, actually, Sarita gave me a great book recommendation. It's called The Blessing of a Skinned Knee, uh, which is using um, a lot of uh, Jewish child-rearing techniques, actually, in raising uh, kind, grounded, and independent kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working on that with Quinn right oh, now. So those are my Sarita. two that I'm working she's so on. Smart, I know. Though. See, she's so smart. She's Again, Sarita, so, so smart. She really is a smart. So one. Uh, those are my two that I'm working on right now. Love that. You're such a good mom. Seriously. Seriously. Working like, on it. We're working on it. Say, like, I'm not going to have the personal thing. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> I was like, you started us. I'm like, oh, no. I got to 
conversation. I'm learning on the personal you're, side. You're working on your health. Yeah, yeah, you're working your on your health. Your health is incredible. I mean, come on. Yeah, yes. your health is incredible. I mean, have you yeah. seen yeah. the baby working on it? you guys? I mean, hello. Woo, woo. Hot. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, on the, so yeah, per, on the personal side, for sure, learning um, anything health, health related, um, studying it, also just like studying people that have high levels of stress and make their health a priority, right? Um, so emotional mm. eating for me has been a, a big thing in sort of overcoming that this year, which has been hard, very hard. But that's on the personal side. On the on the professional side, I would say asking more questions and being a better coach. I had my coach observe a leadership meeting um, and I've ran these leadership meetings for about three to four years now. And so it's sort of like an old hat for me, right? Uh, and his feedback was, you tell your people what to do. Mm. You don't ask questions to have them self-discover. And part of why you're feeling like you have to handle it all is because you haven't helped them their process things. So I'm studying tons of coaching books right now, really paying attention to those that ask really good questions versus versus telling, right? Um, that's what I'm learning right now and working on growing in. What about you, Wendy? Uh, well, I'm taking actually a leadership class. I don't know if you guys know Ryan Holiday. He wrote... Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Ryan yeah. Holiday. Well, he, every I get one his of his books, email, every single one. The Daily Stoic, every morning, which I which I love. Yeah, mm. and uh, and then he's doing like an online leadership class, and it's kind of cool because uh, oh. you get a you get a daily leadership email, and then he does a deep dive once a week, and then he's created a Slack channel and uh, for for a discussion, awesome. and then like everybody in Austin is sort of getting together and meeting. So it's a community thing too, which is kind of cool. Um, Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, looking at leadership through the, through the lens of stoicism, which is kind of his thing. And uh, what I like about it is, especially right now, you know, as we're uh, the, you know, in Austin, we went back to stage five and, you know, it's, it's feeling uh, less exciting and, and a little bit more, Mm -hmm. more hopeless. You know, I have several friends who are in the medical industry and, it's tough. It's tough to be an ICU doctor or an ER doctor right now uh, in Austin. And anyway, it's just, uh, I'm just learning, uh, you know, the the power of resiliency and the power of stoicism and, and this idea that, you know, 10% of life is what happens to you and 90% is really how you react to it. And that's yeah. leadership too, you know? So yeah. Hard things are going to happen. They happen all the time. Uh, this pandemic shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. Um, everything that happens shouldn't be a surprise. Just as humans, we're kind of wired not to be logical about things, and mm. um, and so it's just a good it's just a good lens right now to look at leadership uh, through the eyes of, of stoicism. Love that. Yeah. I love that. It's really, it's a good, good for the times we're in stoicism right now. I heard a, I heard a phrase um, actually from, we're doing interviewing for a director of growth right now. And I heard a phrase from one of the candidates I thought was really interesting, which was um, management uses facts and numbers and leadership uses emotion. I thought that yes. was interesting on hearing him that break is... those two out on when to lean in on which one. So mm, yeah, that's I'm good. with you, Wendy. That's good. So in closing, this was this was awesome. I have to um, share a little story with my my Meemaw turned 89 this week. 
Um, and I Happy love, birthday, love, 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 love my, my, my Meemaw. Uh, but we are all about growth, right? And how can you guarantee your growth is by being learning-based. And I remember when I started growing our business, my Meemaw, she's uh, from the South. And she said, Dalin, don't get too big for your britches. Meaning if you want to grow, you've got to keep learning base. You've never arrived. You're constantly learning. Follow the steps that we outlined today. And year after year, you will grow because as a person, you're growing and who you are is growing. Your company, your empire will only grow to the extent you're growing. And how you do that is making sure that your calendar and your bank account are reflecting being learning based. So thank you guys for joining us today. Love it. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder. Empire Builder.